Turn our Bibles to uh, uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. The message title today is Better Together. Better Together. <clears throat> I'm going to read a story uh, that uh, many of you uh, probably heard of, if you've read the Bible at all. But I, I love this story, and I want to just draw a few thoughts with you this morning. Uh, I'm going to start reading from verse 17. It says, Luke chapter 5. I'm going to start reading from verse 17. You got it? All right. It says, One day, when Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that this man showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, and as, uh, and as well as from Jerusalem. The Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't get near, reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some towels. <laughs> and all the insurance agents are like, ah. <laughs> then they lowered the sick man on the mat down to, into the crowd right, now, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to st or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and he went home praising God. And everyone was grieved with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path, O God. You said that your word will not return to you void, but you would uh, cause it to accomplish the purpose for which you sent it, God. I pray this morning that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to each one of our lives, to the church today here. In Jesus' name, amen. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. I got to tell you, whenever you come in front of Jesus, expect to see some amazing things. This morning when we gathered here, we were singing and all, uh, the worship team, great job, singing and worshiping and praising God. It's not just an exercise of religious thing. No, no, no. We know that the Lord says that where, uh, when people are gathered together in his name, when two or three are gathered in his name, that he said that there he is right in the midst of them. Another place says that God abides in the midst of the praises of his people. That's why, if you wonder why I pray so enthusiastically, it's because I know that my praise does something, and my praise opens up the presence of God to my life. 
So this morning what I'm telling you is that God is about to do some amazing things in people's lives. God is about to do amazing things in your life. You might go home today like the young man that went out home. He came, he came sick. He came bedridden. He came paralyzed. He came uh, maybe with not much expectation, but he went home whole. He went home strengthened. He went home healed. He went home praising God. I'm prophesying to you today that you're going to go home praising God because the Spirit of the Lord Jesus is in the house. I, I think it's a, such a remarkable story, and it's always amazing, amazing to me how the, these um, religious leaders of the time when Jesus was leaving were always out to get him. And, and, and the reason why, it's not so much that they hated Jesus as much as they, they had their priorities wrong. They focused their attention on all the wrong things. I mean, they spend time, they spend energy, uh, they wasted a lot of time um, uh, crafting plans. Now we're going to get him this time. We're going to test him with this. We're going to test him with that. And Jesus would always graciously uh, speak to them and reveal the more of God's nature to them that they never saw, even though they understood the Bible from left to right. This is and that's the grace of God. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God. When we read that story, I read that a few times in the last couple of weeks. And the thing that really amazed me is this. That guy would have never experienced that miracle in his life had it not been for the friends that took him out there. He was born with this condition. He probably never, ever imagined that he would get killed from that problem. But he had something going on for him. He had some faith-filled friends around his life. And those faith-filled friends knew that if we could just get closer to Jesus, if we could get our friends to Jesus, maybe, I don't think they say maybe, they believe that Jesus would heal him. But as they pursued this to take their friend to Jesus, they encountered some obstacles. It wasn't easy. It says there was a crowd, could not, they couldn't get through. And they went around the crowd. They thought, how in the world would we be able to get our friend to Jesus? They pushed, they shoved, I, I would imagine. And they thought, oh boy, there's another option. Yeah, like I said earlier, the insurance company did not appreciate this. I don't know who paid the claim. But they got, did whatever it took, got on the roof, poured out some towels, and they lowered their friend right in front of Jesus. They got him as close to Jesus as they possibly could. And Jesus responds to them and says, hey, here he says that he's seeing their faith. Seeing their faith. See, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the number one thing we need anytime we approach God. I mean, this morning, we could have sung, you could sing the same song, and you could sing your praises by faith, or just sing your praises by motion. You could hear the word of God with faith, or hear the word of God just like words from a motivational speaker. You can live by faith 
Or you could just go through life and doing it. But it is faith that pleases God. It is faith that pushes us. It's faith that causes us to advance to a new level. Jesus didn't even talk about, man, did you see what these guys did? They broke the He didn't even mention that as if it's not a big deal. Can you imagine being in the roof, like even right now, and someone is tearing up because they couldn't get in? We'll be calling 911 on him. What's going on with this guy? And Jesus, as if to not mention anything, he, he responds to their faith. He knew that they wouldn't, take, they wouldn't be there if they didn't believe that there would be a, a miracle for their friend's sake. And what I, what I see is, is something that I, I spoke about four weeks ago. I talked about advancing in Jesus, and, and, I, and I shared about four different things. There's one component of it is about that relationship. It's about people. It's about fellowship. It's about connection. You see, Christianity was never designed to be done in isolation. You see, we, 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 we get from one another. Uh, uh, check this out. In the Bible, have you ever, it talks about one another, one another, one another. And if you go in, in the New Testament, there's a hundred times in the New Testament, it talks about, they uses the word one another. Like, pray, bear one another's pardon. Encourage one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. And it goes on and on and on. Because we need each other. We are stronger. We are better together. If you are to do an introspection of your walk of faith, you would find that people that are close, somehow, some way, whether directly or indirectly, influence your faith. It's not necessarily just the big crowd. It's usually people that you've kind of come in close proximity to that maybe taught you directly or indirectly how to believe God, how to, to, to stand in faith when things seem to be wavering, how to go plow through hard times, how to also keep your humility through good times. You watch that by walking with people of faith. We all need those friends. We all need faithful friends around our lives. And I've found in our time, it's almost harder to actually have faithful friends around your life. Because we have certain types of, uh, um, uh, uh, I want to say fake relationships, because uh, our social media and our ability to connect in that forum give us an illusion sometimes of connection. You know, even though it's just, a, it's just a tool that we can use to maybe stay in contact, but you, you have this idea that you have a connection that you really don't have. The one-on-one, -on -one, the getting together with people is irreplaceable yeah. in terms of our growth, in terms of our progress. And, 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 so, and, 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 and I've read so many things. It's amazing to me with the social media thing. Sometimes people um, uh, even end up depressed because they are comparing how everybody's life seems to be going on well and things are not going well for them. You know, and not realizing that the guy that captured the best one minute of the day and check it out. Uh, this was my, the, the highest moment I posted it. And we start comparing. But when you start getting with people, we start getting together with people, you start getting together with faithful friends, you'll realize that the things that you go through, you don't go through alone. The person that sometimes the struggles that you go up and down, you find out that there are others that do the same thing. And, and you, you learn 
from others and you impact to others in the same way. And about just I want to share a few observations from the story that I want to pick out real, real quick here with you this morning. So the first one that we, uh, I, wanna, uh, I, I see that was the priority and, and the importance of getting together in, in community is that it does get us closer to Jesus. These guys, this guy, like you said, he was sick, he was paralyzed, he was born with a condition. They didn't never really specified what it was, but, uh, but obviously he couldn't get himself there. But he had something going on for him. He was connected to people that had faith. He surrounded his, himself with people that had faith, that watched his back, that they took care of him, uh, looked after him, and they were all, always con- consistently looking for ways to help he, their friend's life get better. And they knew that there was an answer that could change their lives, friends' life forever. And that was if he would just have an encounter with Jesus. If we could get him to closer to Jesus, his life would be changed. Verse 18 says that some men caring is talking about how they, they pursued um, getting to Jesus. And they did what um, um, they could. They all went over and above for their friends. Now in verse 20 it says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to them, Young man, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> Young man, your sins are forgiven. Now, obviously, they came there for healing. Obviously, Jesus knew why they came. Because it says Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were sick. So people, when they had Jesus was in town, they brought people that were sick because they were coming for healing. He was doing all these miracles and what had gone out. But when they got closer to Jesus... Before Jesus would heal the guy, he gave him something better than healing. Something that he wasn't even asking for, but something that he desperately needed. See, when we get close to Jesus, because this guy, when you get close to Jesus, and mix my thoughts, you're getting ahead of myself. When you get so close to Jesus, he will reveal to you and answer prayers that you haven't even prayed. Because before you even open your mouth, God already knows what you need. The guy needed healing, but more than healing, he needed salvation. He says, young man, your sins are forgiven. You need to be born again. You need to get saved. Because I can heal you today, and I am going to heal you. But unless you are saved, unless you're born again, you get healed, and you have a better life in this world. But the life in this world ends. I want to secure a place for you for eternity. I want to show you that I came in this world not just to heal you now, but I came in this world so I can reconcile people to God. So that people that come to me, what do we get on, to Jesus? The first thing we need is forgiveness. Because the wages of sin is death which all of us do sin. But it says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Jesus answered a prayer that he wasn't even praying. Jesus ministered to a place that the guy really needed and he didn't have no idea that he needed it. Young man, your sins are forgiven. When we come to Jesus, he knows us through and through. The Lord knows us through and through. And he will bless you in areas that you never even dared to ask. But he knows your heart. Key is getting closer and closer to God. The Bible says that draw near to God 
and he will draw near to you. This is best done in community. I know we, we've seen in the lobby that we, today we are opening up the new season for, for small groups. And uh, they'll be open up online. You go to the page, uh, you can go to uh, lincolncitychurch.org and sign up. And this is a group literally for, any, uh, well not literally, they're for many different things uh, that are going on. But I want to encourage you to get con- connected through our group. Get connected with other people. Some of you, it might actually require getting out of your comfort zone. I don't think it was very exciting. I don't think it was very comfortable and cozy to go through someone's roof. It's like, oh yeah, it was just so cool. It was the coolest move ever. Yeah, it was the coolest move ever, yeah. But I think it was a lot dirtier than what we read. I think the stuff falling through the roof, you know. Have you ever gone, I've gone, one time I went to my attic up there and in places that you're not supposed to go and you encounter things that you it's a place where the guys, when they're building, you know, towards the end, you know, they're not covering every nail up in the attic. They don't have a figure that someone else. How many have done that? Oh, oh, you know, <laughs> and it's dark. I, I, I can imagine it wasn't necessarily beautiful. It was ugly. And, and some people, I, I'm challenging you to, to, to get out of your comfort zone. You get involved in leading a group being a part of a group, or even hosting a group. All of us can get connected. But the key is pursuing, helping each other get closer to Jesus. Secondly, when we, when we get together in community, what it does, it helps us get healed. He helps us experience God's healing touch. Now, it says that so I, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Verse 24. It says, Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, <laughs> pick up the mat, and go home. He's a healer. God is a healer. God is a healer. He heals the heart, He heals the mind, He heals the soul. He heals every part of us when we get to Him. Um, um, this guy needed healing. He needed healing in his body, but he also needed healing for his soul. And healing happens in the context of relationship. Discipleship happens in the context of relationship. It's not in the big crowd, per se. There is a place for that. Now, uh, James 5, 6 says this. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The honest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. For you old ones that memorized this a long time ago, you know it says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But isn't it interesting that that closeness, because you're not confessing your sin to a public, and basically it's just saying you're false, you're admitting that I'm not as perfect as you might have thought. That I have weaknesses, I have shortcomings. Now, that doesn't happen unless there's some kind of connection or relationship where trust has been established. You don't bear your soul to the world. In fact, we're not required to do that. But what I see that verse saying to us is this. 
that you need to have some faithful friends that are close enough where you can feel comfortable saying, hey, you know, I really <laughs> reacted this week at work. I made a fool out of myself. I could have done better. I don't feel like you're going to be judged. I don't feel like they're going to treat you differently. Well, how does that happen? He's walking together with people. Getting together with the people of God. Sharing your life with others. And, and, and in that context, it says then, healing happens. Driving to church this morning, I had my two oldest kids. They were helping out with some things at church. And we were talking, and, I, and, and I, it was so funny. I realized that there's some things that I pronounce... And in my own head, I know what I said, but it actually sh comes out differently. So I'm talking to Judah, I'm talking, it's, 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 it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? You talk a lot of football a little bit. I say, so we're talking, I was trying to talk about it, just, and I don't know much anyway. I know some people can teach me a lot in this room. But the, the left taco guy, and the brother says, taco? I mean, this is supposed to be T-A-C-L-E. C-K. There you go. I, I mean, it took 10 minutes of conversation. I'm like, okay, just say it. Let me try. I can hear it. I can't get my tongue to roll and pronounce it. And my point was very simple. It's like, you can have a great quarterback... But the blind side, you need a good, someone help me out, left what? Thank you very much. <laughs> now, they're not the guy that has the biggest paycheck on the team. But if they're not doing a good job, that quarterback's going to get sacked a lot of times. And sometimes we look at groups thinking, oh man... Um, I don't have much to offer. But God doesn't look at things that way. God even uses little kids to speak to us. I've learned more about myself since I became a parent. Your two-year-olds will teach you a lot. <laughs> and, and I think God plays a joke on all of us. But he's trying to tell us is that we all can add and we all can learn if we will keep our eyes, our hearts open. Because some people think they're way over here. And some people put themselves way down. And God says, no, no, no. I brought you guys together in community. Second, Corinthians says this I can't even I don't even remember where I was quoting 1 Corinthians 14.26 well my brothers and sisters let me summarize this when you meet together one is, will sing another will teach another will tell some special revelation that God is given one will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said but everything that must be done to strengthen all, all of you He's, and I can tell you, this is not, not going to be very practical in a Sunday morning service. Yeah. 
But this is very tangible in a home group meeting. Many of you have had me share my walk of faith and how I came to Christ. And as a young man, um, how I started growing as a, as a believer. I never, number one, never set out to be a pastor. I never, like if you would have asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I would have never even, it never even crossed my mind. Nobody in my family had ever been in ministry. So I never even thought about that. And I had different plans and different uh, desires and aspirations. But I didn't know the call of God in my life. I didn't know that God had put a call in my life. But what happened is I was involved in a small group. And in a small group, you care for one another. You pray for people. You learn, like, man, I'm going for that job. You know, guys, would you pray for me? And you have guys that know, you know, your aspiration. He knows what you're, what you're going through, and they pray for you, and you're praying for others. And it was in that context that I just started doing, just leading small groups. And before you know it, I was leading multiple groups. And then I'd be asked to do more by, by my pastors. And, 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 and bang, 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 the revelation came. God, you want me to serve you with my life. And I had no idea. And 17 years old, that started becoming clear. But I, I still wasn't formed to, 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 to become a pastor or anything. I knew that every believer ought to serve the Lord with their lives, no matter where you are. There, I know of about at least three groups right now that are going on with people, just with co-workers and neighbors. It's not even an open. They just opened up their house for their neighbors to come for Bible study. They just opened up a house for, for co-workers to come and do Bible study. We could all make a difference in people's lives. And we can all grow in getting closer to Jesus and bring healing to people's lives, including our own. And the last observation from the story that I want to draw out and um, before I end here is that the result of this, of getting together and coming, drawing, getting closer to Jesus and, and, and also healing is that it makes an impact in other people's lives. I love how this verse passage ended. Is that everyone that was standing there Watch all this in amazement. And goes, boy, haven't we seen something great today? It's like, wow, wow. Isn't God good? A new dimension of God's grace, a new dimension of God's goodness was revealed right in front of their eyes. And they went home happy. Now, you had some critics there wanting to get Jesus, and not much is said after them. They were also left in amazement. Jesus kept them close because Jesus wants to reach the critic as well. My really small point is this, is that as we are faithful in just living out our Christianity in community, is that you will be surprised the people that you will impact, sometimes indirectly. In Acts chapter 2, in the early church. These guys didn't even have the New Testament. And the Bible says that if you read their story, they impacted the world so greatly. But it says about, in Acts chapter 2, it talks about how they lived their lives. It says that they got together in the temple, which is like the church meetings, and from house to house, and they never failed to, 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 to preach Jesus in their community. And it says that other people were seeing their lives and how the believers were one to another, and they were attracted to what was going on. And it says God started moving. 
people started coming, word of mouth started going. It's like, have you ever heard? When I walk around Lincoln, sometimes I meet people. I, the other day I did too, uh, just last week. I'm at Walmart. And now this, I realize I just talked about I was at Walmart like five times now. I'm not at Walmart a lot. It's probably the same encounter. <laughs> a few things happen when I go to Walmart. And, <laughs> and I was, I'm at Walmart and I have my Lincoln City Church sweatshirt, you know. And I helped some lady with her daughters like find something that I thought they were looking for the same thing. But she said, Lincoln City Church, what is that? Where, where is that? You know, and it just opened a conversation. And Judah was with me. <laughs> and so we talked a little bit. But, but <clears throat> what I, I realized is that a lot of people don't even know, that's what they don't even know that we exist. But if you're hosting a group in your house, let's say you're not leading, but you're hosting a group in your house and you invited people to come, what church do you all go to? You know that's better than me putting an advertisement on the radio? So sometimes the people that we are yet to reach untouched as a church, that we will reach untouched through spreading our community throughout Lincoln. And just being open to God, getting together with two or three people, praying for one another, inviting, and you will never, uh, you, you never put limits. You'll be amazed at what God can do, sometimes in just doing the simple things. Not the complicated, the simple things. He says, wow, they came to see Jesus and they went home happy, praising God. I remember one time I was involved in a meeting, it was a prayer meeting, and uh, it was one of those all-nighter prayer meetings, and halfway through the break, this pastor was praying and said, you know, I, I, I'm going to pray for healing, and, and if, you, if you're needing healing in your body, I... I, I just put your hand where you need healing from. And he prayed. And he, wasn't, and he prayed a prayer of faith. And, you know, and then we took a break. And I ran to the bathroom. And I see this guy in the mirror. Like, he's, he acted actually crazy. He was jumping up and down. He's like looking out in the mirror. I'm thinking. So I thought. So I touched him. and said, hey, hey, what's going on? Because he was jumping out. He just was acting funny. And I want to say if a guy needs help. If he needs to be carried out or something. I says, you wouldn't believe what happened. And so, I'm like, what, 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 what? He's just excited. He's crying and everything. And uh, he said, you know, when the pastor was praying and he said, uh, put your hand over here. He said, I had these huge holes in my two teeth on the back. Huge. It was like, it was in a poor area. I don't think he'd ever seen a dentist in his life. And, um, and I put my hand on there. And, and he goes, look, I have new teeth. Yeah, so he was like, I felt, so, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, am I hearing what I'm hearing here? And, and the guy says, you know, I, I put my hand there and I felt this weird sensation and, I, and it wouldn't stop. So that's why I came over to the bathroom to just check. <laughs> and God had healed, not just healed, God, he is the creator. I mean, when he created the universe, he didn't buy, he didn't go to Home Depot to get any resources. He said, let it be, and it was according to his word. See, he's a creator. He doesn't need resources to create anything. He can bring, he can cause um, um, anything. He can cause, bring healing out of nowhere. He can create rivers in the desert. He can cause water to come out of a rock. 
In, in a year of drought, the Lord can bear fruit. Isaac says, in, he says of Isaac that he sowed seed in the year of a great drought, and that year he reaped a hundredfold. God needs nothing to do something. If we would just be faithful to his word, he's, a, he's able. And today I'm going to pray. If you would stand with me, we're going to take communion in a minute. Did you receive something from God? As I started this morning, I said, some people this morning, you're walking out with your miracle. You're walking out happy and praising God because God's about to touch you uh, in the area of healing, in the area of deliverance. Uh, no matter any, what your need is, he's in this place.